Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ladies and gentlemen, get the lights down low. Light the Nog Champa. No, wait, don't light that. That stuff is disgusting. Ooh. And sit back and relax and listen to Going Off Track. <sighs> that exhalation you hear is Mr. Brad Goop, producer, host extraordinaire. My name is Steven, and we are it in the studio this week. Mr. Jonah Bear is off on tour with his band United Nations. If you have not seen them, then, as they say, you fucked up. You should go out and check him out. Today, we are bringing you the folks behind the hilarious web series, High Maintenance. It's hilarious. It makes you think. It has some storylines that are kind of goofy and fun. Um, ben and Katya put it together, and this is a fun, fun episode. Jonah told us about this series uh, because he likes all things that make you high. I'm a kid. He only likes one thing that does. Maybe. I don't know. Are his parents listening? But we can really just talk anything about Jonah. We can say whatever. This is our opportunity. Let's see. Let's talk about Jonah's puns. <laughs> his buns? The best thing about his, you know, those, that's a tight little yoga butt. Gotta yeah, well, say. That's what you get. When you, that's a stretch. <laughs> oh. So, so Jonah told us about this series. It's amazing. It's not quite comedy, though it is funny, but they, um, Katya was a casting director working for 30 Rock and her husband Ben is an actor and they put this series together. He also knows how to edit by doing funny videos and things. And it's just hilarious. Jonah is like, I don't know, he has his things on, he has his finger on the pulse of a few things and high maintenance is, is one of them. And we don't know where you can see it other than the web, but there might be an announcement very soon. So without further ado, Ben and Katya. Today on Going Off Track, our guests are Katya Blickfeld and Ben Sinclair from the web series High Maintenance, which is my favorite web series. And I'm so psyched that you guys are here. Thanks, man. Yeah, thank you. Out of all the web series on the web. There's There's a a lot lot of of them. them It's true. Mm -hmm. That's that's quite a compliment, considering. I mean it. And every time I'm at a friend's house and they're like YouTubing, I'm like, we have to watch a show. And then I end up watching all of them again. Isn't that that's a verb now for YouTubing? Yes. yes it's Not true. for us. We don't do the YouTube, though. So you change it up. It turns into Vimeoing. Yeah. Oh, or, yeah. yeah. Huluing or Vivoing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We got to find an adjective or a verb, a, a verb rather, to say what the hell that is. Because YouTube can't have yeah, it's it all. Not, it's true. Yeah. Soon it's just going to be watching because with as many, I have more friends who are getting rid of cable. 
yeah. and just getting a Roku box or Apple TV mm-hmm. and just watching everything, which... I just get a cord to hook my laptop up to the TV. That'll do it. That's all yeah, you need, really. A, a magic cord. Yes. Um, but how... So you two are married? Mm-hmm. Yes. And how long have you been married? <laughs> two and a half years now, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we got married on New Year's Eve of 2010 10 to, to 11. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we had a party. So we did that just with our immediate family in Malibu. And then about a month and a half, almost two months later, we had a party in New York with all of our friends here. So we didn't have to crossbreed. Nice. Cross pollinate. Uh, cross pollinate with well. You're assuming they. I would, would have like bred. to. I would like. Yeah. yeah. Well, cross breeding would be nice. It would just be easier to incorporate everyone to a party, but then everyone has to have sex, and then everyone has to have babies with people they don't want to have babies with. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. No, no, because the population is <laughs> too big anyway, and why force it? Yeah. Right. And where good. are you from, Ben? I'm from Scottsdale, Scottsdale. Arizona. Oh yes, glorious. A lot of a lot of green golf. <laughs> A lot yeah. of strip malls from my memory. Yeah. A lot of blonde chicks. Yeah. Yes, so many blonde <laughs> yeah. chicks and yeah. so many terracotta colored structures. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I went to terracotta American, American I think is the way they say it. Yeah. yeah. Which one? There's several. I went to one that was like maybe a school or something now. I went to this really cool Frank Lloyd Wright house with my parents. I can't, it was like out in the desert somewhere. You mean the Freppenshaw? Yes. No, I made that up, man. That's not a thing. <laughs> Anything you're going to say is going to be like, <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. No, that's not a thing. Um, <laughs> I don't know. There's more than one. I don't yeah, know. There, he uh, he had uh, you know that's where he was kind of headquartered for a while. You know what he did was just pour, make some molds, and pour some concrete into some molds. That's, that's all he did. I could do that. Yeah, <laughs> way overrated. That 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 Frank Lloyd Wright. Right. Of all the Lloyd Wrights, Frank's the most overrated. What about you, Katya? Where are you from? <laughs> I'm from Long Beach, California. Okay. Yeah. Just like Snoop Dogg. Nice. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, the LBC. Y- were you guys both, you were involved with UCB? No. No? Mm-mm. No, I did a one class with Caitlin Teggart. Okay. In uh, sketch writing. Yeah. So how did High Maintenance sort of come together? Well, Was- uh, you know, Katya, why don't you take this? <laughs> I'm, I feel like I'm being a weirdo already. <laughs> I need to step back and let you talk for a second. Oh, sh- okay. If you need that, yeah, I I'm can do that for you. Inept. Take a moment. Uh, how did it come about? We just, well, we, ever since we got together, just always wanted to make something together. And uh, Ben had sort of been doing these, like, um, entering commercial contests for prize money and sort of uh, using humor to inform his uh, his videos. And so he was just doing a lot of those and... I think he wanted to try his hand at something more narrative. And I'm from a casting background. I was working on 30 Rock these last many years and doing some, you know, stuff for NBC. And You've been nominated for an Emmy, correct? I have. Two of them. Oh, thanks. That's my hype man over here. It's cool that the casting directors, at least for television, they get a nomination. Yeah, it's cool. For film, they don't. As of this week, they do. For film? For Academy Awards? Finally. Because I have a friend who's a casting director, and she always gets very irked about that. It is irksome. Who's your friend? Barbara Barna. I don't know Barbara. She does a lot of... But I feel her pain. Yeah, she does a lot of hosting stuff. Okay. What they now call... 
uh, alternative programming, which mm-hmm. is very odd. I'm familiar. Mm, dumb. <laughs> it's hosty shit. It's yeah. Easy. I've had to work on some of that stuff. But that's uh, great. Go go team. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Well, so I came from, that's where I was coming from. And I, I think I, there were so many actors that I was encountering in, in the audition process and in my scouting process and all of that, that I just was like, these people are great. I would love to see more of them and like let's make something with people like that where they get to sort of have like a, a spotlight on them for a little bit longer and we can sort of write for their voice and yeah we just want we knew we wanted to do that and then I honestly I don't know when we realized that it was going to be a show about a, a pot dealer yeah probably when we were smoking weed one day which I mean, is why I can't remember yeah um but it was sort of one of those like yeah, yeah. We when you win the Emmy this. if you could just thank weed that would just <laughs> like you will be that person forever, but you will be that person. I feel like forever. I already am that person. Fair so enough. I just... I'd like to thank weed. That's hilarious, mm-hmm. and that's it. And just walk out because everyone wants you to shut shut the fuck up. Yeah, just get off the stage. Like we're all. I hope I get that opportunity that. sometime for Ooh. sure. Yeah, I don't know. And then we just we stumbled upon this idea, and uh, our be- our best friend is uh, this guy Russell Gregory, who is a talent manager and. You know, he and I have been friends for a long time and he wanted to sort of have something for his clients and he wanted to, you know, a lot of managers do producing as well. And I don't know, it was just sort of like the perfect storm of Yeah, it was all things. It was was all of the people who are the more unsung heroes of pre and post production, which is casting and editing. Yeah, I, I learned how to edit making funny videos like that was my film school and and having all of those like very fundamental but often overlooked elements was a a really awesome way to start doing this i think actually while making this we started everything kind of from an outside in perspective and uh even the way the show is formatted like the the connecting element my character is like not the main character of each episode and that's kind of how we've been approaching all of the ways that we've done it we've even kind of taken a real hands-off approach to networking which is (laughs) yeah which has kind of just led to a, a word of mouth spread. Uh, so it's, like herpes. Yeah, we everything. We've that, been trying to do that with the podcast, and I guess we're just not syphilitic enough because it's not working. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know why that is. <laughs> man. I don't want. Maybe we need to go more of the STD route that you guys are doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah secretly don't tell people. Like secretly try to infect them, but not tell them, and then they find out later, and then they're like, "Hey, man, this guy gave me STDs." Maybe we got the HPV vaccine. And Should I be why. dismayed that that's your like outlook on STDs? Like you immediately <laughs> took it to the place of, and then you don't tell them. And Do then well, I was just trying to help him. <laughs> Do you need to open up about something here? I mean, yeah. this is a comfortable room. You can. Feel it's it a ease. very comfortable room. Yeah. I I'm already wondering if I'm being hypnotized, <laughs> and <laughs> but. I don't want to put too much pressure on it. You know, here's a funny hypnotism story. Our friend almost got, uh, we were in, he was in China doing a residency there. And he said that it was late and he took like a gypsy cab, but he got in the gypsy cab. And then there was like, really, it was like really kind of like an insulated car and the seat was very comfortable. And he sat up next to the driver. Like that's how the driver got out, opened the door for him. He sat down and then there was like a screen in front of him that the driver put on that had like shapes on it. And he was playing Gangsta's Paradise by Coolio. And then the driver leaned over to him and he was like, Do, Ji, Sai, Go. And then the guy started feeling like really tired. And then he alleges that he jumped out of the car uh, because he started feeling like he was going under. And then at his internship, the 
next day he was like, "Hey, something happened to me really weird with this gypsy cab," and his his intern friend was like, "Oh yeah, they're in China. If you um, there are some men, they take your heart." And uh, Whoa. and this was the way that they get the organ donors, the no the way. black market organ donors donation. Yeah, yeah, donors. <laughs> uh, there has to be more than one. Yeah, well, yeah, man. They they're driving around uh, allegedly hypnotizing them with Coolio and and then <laughs> taking their hearts. Oh, man. For the love of God, please let this be true. Because yeah. one, oh, the victims, no. I feel sorry for them. But two, if you're going to get hypnotized to the dulcet sounds of LV singing with Coolio, yeah. then you deserve to have your kidney removed. Right. Mm-hmm. If you die, you probably go to a gangster's paradise. Yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty power gangster in death. Money. That is money pretty gangster the power. <laughs> Minute after minute, hour after hour. Thanks, Ben Tice. That <laughs> yeah, was our that friend was, Ben Tice. And Ben Tice sounded, uh, the, the way he tells, this, tells the story, it's like a Sasquatch sighting. You can't believe it's not also, true. Also, right. you should p- say he's uh, <laughs> this very like attractive Belgian guy who like mm-hmm. seems like he's from some like French romantic comedy. And yeah. <laughs> like just if you can imagine that person telling you the story and he speaks Chinese and it's yeah. just, he's an interesting package. Yeah. So you had you had me with our friend doing a residency in China. Like you could have ended the story then, and I would have been really. Hooked. Oh yeah, you have low standards for stories. <laughs> I really do. Like I, really, story. I like yeah, them to a little hit. more for me. I well, I'm from the Twitter generation, so if it's more than 140 oh. characters, I can't be sold on it. Check out this tweet. <laughs> I follow at Fact Hive. Oh, Which is best. just facts. Me you too. Love you? Facts. Oh, I've never heard of this. That, uh, John Worcester turned us on to it. Oh really? Yeah. I don't just facts. Oh, Todd Barry follows them. Okay. Sometimes I'll retweets them. Night owls are are more um, ruder than uh, people who get up early in the morning. That kind of stuff. Night I owls out. are more ruder than people. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, that's that's morning. exactly what it said. There, there's I'm no sold. grammar, man. I bet they felt like we need that we didn't have enough letters to our 143 yep. character limit. Let's put more, more ruder in it and like <laughs> take up more real estate in this tweet. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. Well, c- to bring it back to China, mm-hmm. like a skilled storyteller, um, you know, <laughs> I would say that this tweet I saw was uh, that if you spend a month in Beijing, that's like smoking five cigarettes, <gasps> just like being in there. In, five in the cigarettes sh- or packs of cigarettes? Cigarettes. Five cigarettes. <laughs> it's not still. like five, but still, just standing in a place is like smoking five cigarettes. What a shit show, man. What a fucking disaster. Anyway. <laughs> I was in Beijing for a week, so that's probably like one and a half. Yeah, cigarettes. that's like a one cigarette. You, yeah, that's good. okay. You all right, couple drags. Yes. So, did you did you have any background in acting before this? Yeah, no. That's how most of it started. Okay. For me, getting involved in uh, all of this. Yeah, I did. Uh, I went to Oberlin, and I w- went there with the intention of being an international relations something or other, but I just like. You know, I didn't want to use my brain. I wanted to charm people. What? I wish you could re- get rid of that. Uh, go back and take take that out of this. Uh, no, I just I went. I act. I auditioned for this acting class, and then it was it was over. So you had an audition to get into the cat and in, into, into the, the class. class. That's crazy. That's great. Yeah, it's, that's great. I mean, yeah, it wasn't like the coolest program ever. I'm glad that. <laughs> I'm glad that I went to a college where they're like, why don't you take a, geog- a geology class also? You know, I, I I think the liberal arts is might not be like the decider of your career, but it does teach you how to make 
more inter- ask more interesting questions than what you were asking as a high schooler. So, you know, that was just, I think probably kids go to community college for two years and then go to an expensive college because the first two years are just some bullshit. Let's get out of here, Katya. <laughs> <laughs> That's one to grow on. I, you- <laughs> I, I, I'm from Cleveland and I did a summer program at Oberlin. Yeah. Oh. The, the Tamara, that electronic. Yeah, thing. man. And I remember there's one bar there, right? The Fev, yeah. The Fev, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they had 75 cent cans of PBR when I was there. Yeah. It's, uh, they really appreciate... It's a charming place. Yeah. The Fev has the best burger. Well, first of all, they have these goddamn... They have a brunch now, and they oh, have these, these pancakes, pancakes... that we've tried to replicate. cakes, man. We've tried to replicate them. It's a great success, they actually. scramble yeah. some mm-hmm. eggs and put the scrambled eggs in the batter and some, and some like, maple hickory sausage. maple sausage. In your Sweet pancake. mother of God. <laughs> and they fucking put it in the pancake. Inside, of. yeah, that 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 deconstructs the pancake. I, this is confusing. It's getting a savory yet sweet because you can put syrup on that, yeah, and it's still delicious. And there's now more protein in it. No, there's eggs in there's it. There's eggs, scrambled in it. eggs inside That's of it. That's what I'm saying. Isn't yeah, that protein. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah eggs yeah. are protein, right? Yes. Yeah. Wrong. Okay. No, I thought oh, you said you there's no. More. I thought you said there's no more protein. No, I said you put more. In yeah. It. Oh, no, oh yeah, yeah, you yeah. put more. I'm I mormoled that. I apologize. Yeah, no, it's okay, man. you mormoled it. Yes. Yes. I'm gonna use that. It's a good word, right? That's Mormon. a great word. Yeah. So Mormon. I guess the, my question is: to me, the show is so. I don't know how to ask this question. Like, how do you know so much about drug dealers? I guess. Oh, uh, I was delivering. <laughs> Went to Oberlin. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I actually have never dealt drugs. I was. I worked at Sprout Home in Williamsburg, uh, the plant shop, for two summers. But kind of through the winter also. And I started like delivering plants to people in their homes. And like I installed some like, you know, I just like go into some vacuum sealed apartment up in the sky on the edge of the Williamsburg condo, you know, plex. And then I would just look around in people's houses and then I come home and tell Katya well, he where I went. Well, he installed some plants. Too. He would like do some landscaping. Yeah, and I'd show look up in their and house, I'd look like around and I'd leave. And then, <laughs> yeah, no. So like I would spend all afternoon. One time I spent some time in Christina Ricci's balcony. Mm. Uh, I spent all day there. She has uh, a MakerBot, a 3D printer. No way. Yeah. If you want one, go there and take it. <laughs> And uh, you give him the address later. Yeah. yeah, I'll tell you right now. One, it's a penthouse. I don't know if that's the address. Uh, it was a joke, you know. I'm looking at her telling her if it joke. is, that's going to be great. All yeah. right, I think it is the place. Anyway, we uh, also know some people who are in the business. We do. We have a couple of friends who actually deliver our bike delivery guys and. We have a friend in LA who runs a medical marijuana collective, and he delivers in his it's car. True. We we know we know some people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I feel like everyone does, but like mm-hmm. no one ever wants to talk about it. It's like such everyone knows it exists and everyone yeah. has it, but it's still like kind of a weird taboo. I feel yeah, like. like someone you host a podcast with will never bring it up or delve into it. Or and I bring it up a lot on this <laughs> podcast. Yeah, admittedly, well, it's yeah, good. we and we kind of feel that way too. Like we don't. At least I, I know this isn't everybody but at least in our circle of acquaintance like everybody has a guy or has access to a guy even if they don't use it they have like their number in case someone comes to visit who wants to use it or you know it's just sort Mm -hmm. of like a normal 
thing in our day to day lives. I get it. Nice. Yeah. Normal. Yeah. Normal. Normal. <laughs> um, I was just in uh, Denver uh, oh. about six weeks ago, and the way that culture has just shifted was phenomenal. People yeah. walking around with just, I was with someone and they went, why is there a lot of people with kazoos here? And I'm like, no, man, that's a vape. That's yeah. hilarious. Like in front of cops hanging out. It's just it's kind of so American too. Yeah. They're just like, Oh, eat it as fast as you can as much. It's just like so <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Like how much people are dosing themselves. I mean, the, the amounts that they're putting in the edibles that they package and sell, that's, that's too much. That's man. way too much. Yeah. You're going to not have a, good time yeah it's like the weed equivalent of like little debbies or something i was talking to a friend of mine uh out in california who was telling me about the the 420 bar Mm -hmm. and like dark or milk which is wonderful to have that option one has more Mm -hmm. antioxidants um uh they're delicious but (laughs) they're like he's he's like i've been a professional pot smoker professional he's sponsored i've been smoking pot a lot (laughs) my whole life and he's big dude and he went i take a corner of that break that in half and break that in half because that's how strong this is a 480 bar yeah or a 12 and then when tony hawk (laughs) does the 900 bar it's really hard to do on the vert but it's it's intense no but like like that seems to be a weird part of that culture which is you know like they have the mystique of you know you order it your guy delivers on a bike that's kind of cool smoke it up put it in whatever you have but Oh, now here's a Reese's peanut butter cup facsimile yeah. that's going to kill you. Yeah, it's a little much. I mean, I guess people's tolerance is just going to go way up on the West Coast, and then they won't be able to come out to the East Coast because their anxiety will never be able to calm to the degree that they are when they're at home on the West Coast. I don't gotta, know. Gotta, it's really expensive out here. They got to balance out with I, that clonopin weed. I had a really good friend who I turned on the show because I was like, they do dabs on the show, and he was so psyched. He was like, really? He's like, well, this must be legit. Yeah. Oh yeah, that got us some some street cred. Yeah, but that's I mean that's thanks to uh, Abdullah, this guy that we met who was in that episode. He's the long haired guy who's okay. doing it. He uh, does the Weeda Kit column for Vice, and he ran into our series a few months back and was like, "Hey, do you guys want to like? I'd love to meet you and like we should just chat because we he's should." A charmer. He's so charming, and his his uh, column is actually really entertaining. He's a great writer and so funny. Um, and it's all like weed centric stuff. Um, but yeah, he like reached out and we were like, oh, let's meet this guy. And then we met up with him and he was so much fun. And like, uh, <laughs> he told us about dabbing and like you went with him yeah. actually to see the, what that looks the like. With... of those who don't know. Oh, dabbing is, uh, you want to do it? <laughs> I don't know. Who do you want to nope. do it? All right. You so definitely take not dabbing is this called butane hash oil or something bto or BTU or some shit like that that it's a process yeah but bachman turner over dab <laughs> and then you uh i don't know how the process goes but you shoot a bunch of butane through the weed and extract all of like the good stuff and you make like a little boogery substance like in a puddle it's like a puddle of like a very viscous thing and then you heat up a piece of metal you superheat it and then apply this concentrate to that metal and then find like through a glass bowl or whatever that has an orb or some shit I mean, there's it's a lot of ways designed. to do it especially designed you capture the smoke like, as it the booger bursts into smoke and then one hit of that is like a whole joint of weed like it's too much and then when you do it you're like high school stoned it's, and then it's too much work 
No, it's not that much work. You just heat up a piece of metal and put a booger on it and suck in. But that's like a spoon. But over you have to a heat lighter. it up with like a torch. a blowtorch. Yeah, so yeah. it's very hefty. Well, it could be like a little, little kitchen torch. As so we if you had make a lot episode. of creme brulee, yeah, yeah. creme brulee, yeah. Yeah. We your total, heart's delight. Yeah, we were totally using a, a thing we had borrowed from uh, our friend caterer. who's a caterer. Yeah. <laughs> She's like a Williams Sonoma little. Oh, are you guys torch. being creme brulee? No, <laughs> exactly. No, we're just upping our tolerance. What was it like shooting that scene? That um, that scene was well. We didn't have enough cream cheese for our bagels, so it wasn't that great. We needed more cream cheese That's for that the take morning. Take away from that. No, shoot. I mean it was great. We had two. That was nice. We had two cameras. Abdullah is really hilarious, <laughs> and the other guy in it I've known since fourth grade. We got uh, we carpooled. To, no, since first grade or something. We went. We carpooled to uh, Hebrew school together. And his mom told me how much she liked Schindler's List, and I never forgot about it. Never forget, <laughs> Ben. Never forget. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and yeah, it this it's cool. We it just was get fun. To it was really chill. Buddies, yeah, you know? we were just in Abdullah's apartment, and that that dabbing guy who shot, who goes by Rabbit. He, he goes does by not, Rabbit. He does not release his real name to the I world. I met him when I went to when I met him. He opened the door and he was wearing a ski mask. <laughs> yeah, and it was it was it was interesting like, experience. I am Ben. He was awesome though, and he's a real enthusiast, and he makes like the oil and and yeah. uh, really loves to tell you about dabbing, yeah. and it's really fascinating. Yeah, but I it's remember. death metal stoners. Yeah, though. he's like mm. like roadie stoner you know oh yes <laughs> you know just likes carrying stuff i don't know if he likes carrying things roadies seem to like that i don't know why was I mean, he really a roadie yeah i think he was a roadie for like metallica or oh, some shit like that, that one time ago that's awesome Where are you saying? how many episodes have you done so far 10 howie huh. that doesn't seem like a lot to us though we're we we're are like back right yeah now. itching to make oh, more I, I take it back what was the the hannibal burris episode to me was so different and i I really loved it but what was kind of the inspiration for that was it like was there a real life event or was it just no that's um so i knew him from 30 rock he was a writer on it for a season and um i mean i didn't know him that well but you know we saw each other the table reads and like all the little parties and whatnot and so when after the second cycle of episodes came out, he reached out and he was like, oh, I love these. These are great. I'd love to do one sometime. And I told Ben and that was made his day because he loves Hannibal, as we do. Yeah, and uh, his, his records are. Oh, he's amazing. so fucking funny. Yeah. So we were like, OK, well, it has to be the right thing. Like, let's just sit on that for a while and and hopefully something will come to us. He should definitely like play a version of himself like we weren't interested in. Like if anyone's recognizable to that extent, we don't like we just they're going to play themselves or like a version of themselves. And then uh, I feel like one day we were just like actually in the shower and uh, we showered keep, together keep going. a lot. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Can I dim the lights for a second? <laughs> yeah. They're pretty dim they're already. Pretty dim. Dim. <laughs> That's because this one's right in my face. Oh yeah, you're like spotlit. Yeah, like, well I mean I'm supposed to be contractually. So. It's, <laughs> Do you, you want to l- lather up a little bit? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'd like to dab some on. <laughs> Boom. So oh, handle. So you're in the you're shower. so hot it'll yeah, burst yeah, into yeah. smoke. We were in the shower, and uh, how did like how did it start with like oh, a squirt? Because I was like, how come there are no comedians who were like squirt like filling a squirt on and then like squirting hecklers? And oh then right, saying, and then like, I was like, cause I, I said that's know. a terrible idea. Like people get really heated sometimes in those audiences, and like I would never do that. Like you do that, and like someone might pull out a real gun, and then we were like, 
Oh, a shooting like, at, a, uh, at a comedy club. And then, I don't know, it was like all of a sudden we just knew, like, wait, Hannibal should have something like that happen. And yeah. then we're like, and he should get shot. And originally in the in the um, version that we first wrote, he got, like, shot in the leg or something by a stray bullet. And it was a whole thing. And then we're like, no, he doesn't have to be shot. It's traumatic enough to, like, be at something like that. Yeah. Um, and then there it was. And, like, I don't know. We just we just sort of... It was weird. Like, we both knew, like, oh, that's yeah, the one. Yeah. That's what we should do. Because we, we, yeah, we had it. just put him on the back burner since then. And mm-hmm. then it all just came. Perfect storm. Again. And that was his apartment. Mm-hmm. And he was really awesome and gracious to let us just come in and you know like he's a busy guy so yeah. it was cool to he had to just... leave for an audition in fact yeah, in the he, middle of the middle, our shoot russell was like uh ben uh hannibal has to leave right now <laughs> with those like, really big eyes right now and then and then i'm like oh, okay and luckily he was auditioning at nbc and katya has her contacts there yeah i actually called and i'm like guys we're Call shooting him. with him in our in his apartment right now what are you doing and they're like oh but it's for a role that like starts working tomorrow yeah. it's like okay well you better have him home quickly and then while he was gone we all started singing moving out and then we really couldn't dr- stop for the rest down, of the shoot da, 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 that song will really get stuck in your head because <laughs> it i was curious like how much of the show is based on real events how much aren't because someone told me there's an episode where this guy's dating this girl and it turns out that Mm -hmm. she's actually doesn't have a place to live and she's Mm -hmm. basically how would you describe and and someone was like no that really happens Uh, yeah and it's kind of crazy that we didn't realize that until we were literally like shooting and i was like wait there was a hipster grifter, like yeah, the, br- hipster the hipster grifter. grifter. And then I was like, and she was Asian. <laughs> and yeah. it was like a weird moment. I mean, maybe we were subconsciously influenced, I but know, man. we really based it on, we have this, well, I'll, I won't name our friends. I won't implicate our friends in this, but we had a lot of friends who were doing OkCupid okay around that time, mm, like okay. a, a, quite a handful of people, mostly men, a couple of women. But in particular, one of our friends just kept having these just weird experiences with women where like it would be going great but they were like wouldn't pay for anything and never offered to pay for anything but would always like suggest kind of like pricey places to go and just it was a whole thing um all food bloggers no (laughs) no but they would go to like those kind of places uh that you know foodies like and um yeah it's just like it was it was sort of a a situation an imagined situation like you know what's the who would be like the worst person that our friends could like find what's like the worst case scenario for okay cupid it would be that you think like someone is in love with you but really they're just like using you to like stay somewhere yeah and there's also like some people we know there was this one like oh, uh, yeah. redhead girl i don't remember that's her true name, we don't know who, no one knows her well we don't know yeah her name. we have a friend who knows her but she was always bumming cigarettes and always asking for change but she's like uh she looked well to do looking redhead girl yeah she looked like middle class like she looked like she would be friends with anybody that you know and she she would be out begging on the street and in this weird way just hanging out in williamsburg when we lived here like i saw her like try four different ways to get something from somebody so that when she find like when i was smoking cigarettes she finally asked for like 
a cigarette like as an Irish peasant or whatever she was trying at that time. And I'm like, no way. I know you. I see what you do. And oh, then, yeah. And then it turned out one of our friends uh, like knew her and that she had stayed with her roommate at one point and had sort of fucked them all oh, over. Oh, yeah. And, like, really terrible stuff. Yeah. Like menstruated in their underwear and didn't clean it up and just leave it in the middle of the apartment. And like they, she was living with someone who had cancer and then who was also allergic to cats and she brought a cat into the apartment. But that sound you hear is the alarm going off for the grossest thing ever said on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Well, it's not me. You win. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, but you know, you wonder like what happened to them to make them that way. Well, that's exactly what we were. Well, we did wonder about that. We did haven't delved into that part. We hope to in future get into the backstory of that character because she's kind of one of our and favorites. Yeah. Well, awesome that's the thing too, is yeah. so this woman who plays the actress who plays the role, Heidi. Her name is Greta Lee, and she's just she's someone we've known for a long time and have wanted to work with. And it was sort of like the moment that we even. Came like the moment we conceived of this idea, it, yeah. it had to be her. Uh, yeah, it just did. Yeah, for some reason. Yeah, my greatest fear is that someone will be like, "You can't. This is my story. You can't take this away from me." And be like, "Come on, man! Everyone already knows that you're a scam. Like that you're a grifter. So like, don't try to grift me. Come on! <laughs> like this happens. Sex, gy- sex gypsies happen now. Yes, it's true. I was a sex gypsy, kinda for a second. I lived in a theater, and there was no shower, and I got together with the girl, and I probably stayed together with her longer than I should have because of my access to her bed and shower, because I was sleeping on a futon in the lobby. So, people <laughs> people do what they need to do to survive. Yeah. You know? It's true. All right, Kati, let's go. Let's get out of here. <laughs> I mean, what I've said too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I slept on a futon, but it was in my apartment. Yeah. Well, I still sleep on a futon. But the futon yeah. I found in the lobby of the building I was living in because I didn't have a bed. <laughs> yeah. But what I love about this series so much is like, it is so funny, but at the same time, it also can be really super dark. I mean, is that always something you've been attracted to? Yes. Kind of those two. Yes. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, we don't, I mean, we don't like things that are shiny, happy, uh, like, I just, I'm, if it's uh, multicam sitcoms after the 90s, no thank you. Um, yeah. You know, I, I've like, Lars von Trier is my favorite filmmaker, probably. Really? Tim and Eric is our our favorite comedians. Like, I think we just like things that Post are... Post Zentropa? Um... I thought Zentropa was I love Zentropa, but after great. that, he scares me. Really? Oh, I, yeah. he hasn't taken any wrong turns for me yet. Really? Yeah, I, I'll, mean, was it? I'm Anti- that person that even will Christ? Even You know, it had its moments. <laughs> and chaos! <laughs> yeah, that's pretty that funny. That was synchronized. Wow, good. good yeah, we, well, we're married. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we like, we do like, I think we are attracted to the dark. We're also not joke writers either. Mm-mm. I mean... Yeah. I, li- I like to joke around all the time, but I don't write jokes. And yeah. Katya is the same. We're just really goofy at home. And uh, and I think we think life is pretty funny when we're not when we're not in a bad mood. <laughs> we're yeah, we're very emotional people. We're really moody yeah. when we're having a good day and we look around. They're like life is pretty hilarious, just as is. If you just sort of record it on a really in a really straightforward objection, like. Uh, objective way it's it's pretty hilarious at times and yeah. sad but yeah we never we always were very conscious of the fact that we're not joke writers and we didn't want to like present ourselves as such and be like this is a comedy with jokes because we just didn't yeah. feel like we could meet that so, expectation so why the laugh track 
<laughs> because it's a sick laugh. I was track, watching man. a lot of British comedies at the time. Single mm. cameras. Yeah. But hey I mean, the young ones is pretty dark. Yeah. It's like the last, I think, laugh track I, I, I enjoyed. <laughs> the young ones. They get a free pass, those kind of shows for me. Yeah, because Motorhead was on it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I think that there's a perception with like stoner culture in general that like it's just like people are dumb mm-hmm. or like they're mm-hmm. just like whatever. Oh, and like, we resent that so Spicoli. much. And yeah, and I resent that as well. And that's what I liked so much about the series mm-hmm. was there's so many layers and it was so well produced yeah. and everything. And I think that that's really important. Thanks. Well, you can be a cultured drinker, but not a cultured pothead. That, that's insulting. And I don't, uh, I'm not an indulger because my brain can't, can't handle it. Wish and I have nothing but admiration for what I call professional pot smokers. Again, that someone you're like, why we're having the best conversation ever, and it's wow, and you get to be stoned and I don't. Damn, that's awesome. Yeah. Do you think that's something yeah. that's changing though? Sort of with with it. Or- I'm going to jump out on a limb here. I'm going to mac- I'm going to pull out macro. Go a little macro. I think that. When characters emerge in media that are not like people who break the law or people that puritanical upbringing white people don't accept of standards and practices, all of that. I think that that those characters are allowed if they're able to make fools of themselves. I, I think it goes back to Negro minstrels and all the way to... You know, TV showing portraying gays in the 90s, like in Will and Grace, where it was like kind of a clownish thing, you know what I mean? Or even Modern Family, where it was like more of a, you know, like they're like the comedy relief, you know? And I think stoners fall in that category too. That it's okay to portray stoners breaking the law if they are just like, you know, if you're not showing that it's something that you can do in your normal life and that's okay. You know what I mean? It's kind of told more comically, more farcically. And I think that uh, at some point, all of those marginalized people, I'm not saying that stoners are marginalized, but kind of. No, they have been, I feel like, in uh, media. I, th- I think that to be represented appropriately takes a lot of times and a lot of iteration, it, uh, iterations of a less than favorable portrayal uh, till you get to the reality that people are people and they do the things that they do and it goes really deep with everyone. Uh and I'm glad that we are seeming to be on the forefront of examining uh, that marginalized culture under a more fine uh, lens. Uh, We're just and- trying to make it seem like a normal thing. We we very consciously decided to put weed uh, in the background of it. You know, it's a device, but it's never about it. Except when it is, and then it's like a super conscious choice. And it's usually like a pretty quick moment. And then We're all high maintenance. I get it. <laughs> Some people, some people are doing that with us. Like our sound person on the first episode, like I think we were rolling, and she goes, "Oh, high maintenance," and I'm like, "You're the sound person." <laughs> that <laughs> I think point. this happened when Josh was on the podcast. That happens to me all the time. I was like, "Frigid air, frigid air." Yeah, oh. like that. Kind oh, of I had thing. that recently. <laughs> I won't front. <laughs> and, and the other one was Pop Secret. Yeah, Pop Top Secret. Secret. That's the oh one. Oh my god, I never, yeah. never even thought about uh, that. So many of them oh, where you're so, just oh, like, yeah. I've seen this my whole life and never... Yeah. Oh, I read I this like article, I think it was in the Washington Post a few years ago. We'll call it print. And it was about two different uh, like reviews of people acting at a wedding. And one was how at a wedding and everyone was getting drunk and hanging out and then some guy you know pulled some weed out and people started going over and talking like oh this is wait oh this is interesting this is cool and how it was like 
socially acceptable and just part of everything. It's illegal because it's scheduled because things are stupid. And then it was the opposing argument of that's still against the law, shouldn't be doing it, that kind of thing. It's, I don't know. It's, it's a very weird, like, like loose definition and how, you know, Colorado, um, who, who just legalized Washington, marijuana? Washington, no, someone else did too. I think Illinois. Oh, Some, really? Somebody just recently did. We like need to read the, the newspaper. 24 mm-hmm. hours. Um, that, yeah, it's being legalized. Medical. Art, medical. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, maybe not personal <laughs> use. Yeah. But that the FDIC won't insure the money. For right. The well, that's always, yeah. the, and that's always the problem are these yeah. people, these business owners who are doing it legally by their state, you know, but they're, they... They can't yeah. get loans for their business. A bunch of dispensaries or... were just seized by the feds in, in Seattle where mm-hmm. it's legal. So there's still some, you know, there is, a, it, it's, it's going to take a little while. Yeah. Is it still the paper lobbyists? Because that's the history of it. It was oh, it cursed, goes. you know. It, oh, there's a whole bunch yeah. of stuff, man. It's also just a scapegoat to initiate the Mexican-American War and, and uh, just a scapegoat to like arrest mexicans essentially in the in the western well, and now there's so many and... jobs tied into the anti-drug you know movement well, campaign the whatever yeah, and, the, and, and like i mean come on drug lords give money to some per- people up the food chain somewhere you know what For i sure. mean and there are some people who make sure that the laws are making sure that the risk that that the money that you get from it being illegal and risking is well, yeah. If, once up. it becomes legal, the people who are profiting now, like the the real like drug guys, like they don't want it to be legal because it's not. They're going to make less money. There's going to be the market will be flooded, and Dealers their business is going to be. If there was a way to fuck. regulate it the same way they regulate firearms, there would be no issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, We're yeah. doing so well with yeah. that. You know what I mean? Well, what's yeah. crazy to me is that you can't grow hemp here either, which is non psychoactive. And that's the yeah. cotton. Thing that's too. the thing right yeah. there. That is insane. The, the rope like, and the paper. That's the paper because what's the, I don't know if it's changed, but the uh, an acre of hemp can make so much more paper than mm-hmm. an acre of forest. But the logging industry is so huge still. And uh, I don't know. Just, I don't, it's, it's, very, it's very odd. It seems more conspiracy minded, but it's really just lobbyists. It seems like just something Corporate, messed yeah. up that happened a long time ago that we just ha- can't change, like hasn't mm-hmm. been able to change. But I do think, do you think it's going to be something where like gay marriage, where like people are going to look back in 50 years and be like, yes, you guys really thought this? I think so. Yes. Yeah, I mean, just look, look at our back opinions. on civil, the Civil Rights Act and still go, mm, no. But like, yeah. the, but drug, but drugs, like pharmaceuticals were not what they were before. And dr- the power of drugs is a more normalized altogether. And I think our culture than it was in the days when like getting stoned was like changing your perception. Wow. You don't do that here. You know, <laughs> yeah. now people are like prescribing sleep and everything. And, and with Xanax the SSRIs, and that, you know, yeah. I think that it's just a matter of time <laughs> to be like with people, same people who say people deserve to get breast implants if it makes them feel better about their self-esteem. I think people are going to more easily sway towards people should get stoned if ever if in their the waking they life they feel to, very anxious yeah. or they feel in pain. I think that it's just the argument against it is getting so weak sauce well, with and, everything else that's happening. And look in the at world. all the other indicators. Like we've just watched our parents and like our friends' parents. Like these are this is a generation of people who. Uh, if they weren't like part of that hippie counterculture and like the the next wave after that, they like I don't know. My parents are not 
drugs. They're they're not people who ever smoked weed or tried it. They just didn't. They were like Danish and drank beer and like that was it. I mean, and, like, Danish is bad enough. I mean, it's hard. <laughs> they like beer. Um, <laughs> and your parents were super square yeah. with that stuff too. And like, and not that you know, they're not all using now, but they all are like, we can speak really openly about the fact that we do and that people we know do and that it's just a thing people do. And they're all just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. My, my uncle has been a pothead his entire life, like since his like probably teen years yeah. and he's in his sixties now. And that's just his jam. Like that's his whole thing yeah. to the point where my 90 year old grandmother's like, it's not a big deal, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and she's from a generation who believes they should repeal that civil rights act, yeah. you know, and it's it's weird that <laughs> that she. Where's why, the American Apparel shirt for why that? Why hide it? Yeah, she got the South. Um, Goodness, I know. And everyone was like, Paula Dean, how dare she? I'm like, no, she. What? No, I. I literally went like, sounds terrible. Like, that's it. I know. You know? Oh Would, my God! Wouldn't God. it have been amazing if the South? was able to secede and then we didn't have to like think about them when making choices for the rest of our history that would be amazing well for some I guess for others who might have been South. enslaved might have been no of course story. it would have been terrible yeah there are slaves today there are That's um, true. according to at fact hive there yeah. are mm. 225 million slaves in the world or t- 250 million slaves? outlawed slavery in 67 wow yeah man really yep and now they're like where everyone wants to go and hang out and do a show and party and do and, they? Yep. She comes to my Don't you watch my <laughs> web series Dubai Nights. Yeah. <laughs> so are you guys um in addition to high maintenance, are you, is that kind of your main focus now or do you have anything else you're working on or Well <clears throat> we we just we did it for fun and and it was really just meant to be like this. I don't know, cherry on the Sunday of life. I don't know what to call it. <laughs> it was just like a fun little thing that we were doing with... with... In between large one tree or marathon. Mm-hmm. T- totally. Yeah. Oh, you know me so well already. Um, Dogville. Yeah. Dogma. No, no. Oh, Dogville was a movie. Yeah. That's right. It was. Oh, God. That was the one with the the yes. chain and mm-hmm. the... Yeah. Yes. Oh, sorry. Um, we didn't set out to, to do anything but just amuse ourselves, really. And then uh, when it became apparent that we actually had a following and we started getting positive feedback and we started really enjoying the production process and writing and all of this, um, you know, we realized we really like doing this and we're like, oh, but we would be content to just continue to do it the way that we've been doing it, which is to say, not make any money. We're not really paying anybody. It's just like an art project. Um, But then uh, once we got signed, I think, uh, as writer directors, we were like, oh, they sort of put it in our head like, guys, this could actually be a half hour thing and you could actually get paid for this. You could you could actually make a living maybe doing this very thing. And I think once we realized that... Yeah, um, that's the gold part. Yeah, we're we just like, oh it. my God, really? It just didn't occur to us that like a thing that we liked doing so much could be that. And then once we sort of changed our way of thinking and, and started developing uh, ideas for a half hour version of it, um, that's, I feel like... I mean, that's where it's going now. And that really excited that's us. Like funny. once we started doing that, we're like, oh my God, yes, it is. It, it totally can be a half hour show. So long story short, we... Why half hour? Why half hour? Because just more more real estate for the stories. I mean, I mean like why that limit with oh. the way that TV is <clears throat> evolving oh, yeah, with man. Netflix and stuff. You would like, think it doesn't so. have to be 22 well, minutes. Well, you, you would know? think so. But I, based on the the experience we've just had, I mean, we just went and pitched to all the cable networks and... um. And yeah, it's, it didn't seem like 
you know, it, it's still, it's, it is what it is. If it's on television, it's going to be, you know, 21 you minutes know, or 29 just, minutes. It's going to be on, it's going to be on Hulu or whatever, or Amazon or Netflix. They, well, they even don't. Like cartoon where everything's like 12 minutes. Right. But yeah, no, nobody wants that. to do that though. It's, it, it's just, uh, even, even Netflix runs like those shows are still 59 minutes or yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, like the Paul Shear show and Cordry and all that. Yeah. There's, There's a lot of 12 minute adult swim stuff, but it seems like it's exclusive to that. To ch- adult that, swim. Yeah. To that network. Children's hospital is great. Cause that started similar. I, mean, mm-hmm. I think it was a writer's strike endeavor. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Ended up on the WB when it was the WB and, uh, the website. The WB. <laughs> You're the dog. Uh, Mortimer, Mortimer J. Frog? I'm unfamiliar. Uh, oh, yeah. So now we're we're uh, in negotiations for a script deal for the sh- for High Maintenance, the, the half-hour version That's with right. a cable Amazing. network. Yeah. That's and so we'll awesome. say, I mean, hopefully we can say soon who it is. It's really super exciting, guys. Um, wow. Yeah. So we got you here. This is a good time to get you guys before yeah. it blows yeah. up. Well, Let's see. Let's see about that. We've been around the block a few times yeah. and I've Can, sat down with so many people who are like, ah, I got a script deal. And then like a month or a year later, it's like, what's going on? They're like, yeah, nothing. I can only imagine what it's like being on the inside, how skeptical you must be at the process. Yeah. Cause know? she worked for, she worked for the, you know, NBC, one of the big networks. Yeah. So like to NBC. get anything done there is like, you know, everybody's putting in their two cents and there's a lot of people. Yeah. And it's, I, I am mean, thrilled they hired another white guy to host late night. I think isn't that's it cool. nice to get more whiteness on mm-hmm. TV? That's really what it needs. Yeah, because yeah. I don't know of any funny women who could no. who could do that. And that sounds so mean. I just Lena Dunham should have done it. So nice, but Julie Klausner should. Oh my god, it. she's uh, so yeah. funny. Should, should have been her hands. Oh my fucking god, down. I love yeah. her. She's it's a like, real funny one. It it unnerves me. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I, I'm sounding like uh, so feminist, but like it's just like person of color you know what i mean it's like we've been uh, getting this i will take a gay man uh, like any anybody that's not a straight white man you know what i mean yeah it's just like let's see something different it's like the the new doctor who is going to be announced or may have already been announced by the time raven simone would have been good as the new late show host (laughs) raven simone would have been great yeah and that that would have been that would have been just so her to do that right totally yeah night raven uh so night raven (laughs) Wait, what was I? Uh, DC Comics. I, I was listening to this, uh, I don't know, it was some sort of discussion, or maybe I heard this secondhand from somebody else, but it was someone saying like that like some internet TV people, I forget what from what outlet, but were talking to some like network TV people, and they were talking about like the usefulness of TV or something about their modes. And then the young internet guy said to the old guy, like, you know what? You can say whatever you want. You're going to be gone soon. Like, you're a dinosaur. It's over for you. And, like, I remember either hearing about this or hearing the very thing, but I was like, holy shit. Like, what can that guy say to that? Like, no. I mean, it's it's a (laughs) fucked up thing to say, but it is true. I mean, there is a certain generation of people that are going away. and Done. There is no reason for someone to ask you to attend to come to a home at a certain time every week to turn on a thing so you can sell me stuff. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. just so you can sell me some shit, just so I have to have, like, a delayed gratification that I no longer have through, uh, it seems like, hundreds of other avenues, it's over for you, dude. And yeah. Dish Network just won that 
case for their their DVR box that will skip over commercials. <gasps> they, I mean, they want it, and and networks are complaining about it. What's interesting is I because I, uh, they're done. Yeah. Oh, Time Warner just doubled the rate of their modem rental. It's now it used to be three dollars, and I got an email. They're oh. like, it's six dollars now a month to rent our modem. And then I went online. I was like, we can buy one for fifty bucks. But yeah. most people won't. But that's the same way AOL made a lot of their money was from these elderly people who pay 20 bucks a month of an email address because yes. yeah. they don't know there's they don't another know any way. Better, yeah. And I read an article, as that generation dies out, it's a real big problem for AOL because uh, they're not getting all that money. Yeah. No one's, yeah. Who's going to do that? It's also, the, I, th- I hope that it destroys the Nielsen system. Yeah, Because when please. you do stuff on the web... You go to your server. This is how many fucking people watched it. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. It's right and there. You, and it's there. And because of privacy laws for the cable companies who know who's watching what, you can't release it. And rightly so, even though the NSA is totally aware of what I'm watching. But with the web, it, like it's countable. Like you can do, mm-hmm. you can show a short video and do 50,000 streams in a day. Mm-hmm. And that's better than most networks are getting nowadays. For yeah. for that kind of Nielsen rating system. So what you guys are doing is, um, so what I'm saying is, don't go to television. <laughs> I hear what you're saying. You I, hear, I hear what you're saying. But we're, the internet is never closed off to us. It's still in the Wild West period that we can access for whatever project we want. Yeah, we have and some ideas brewing that will do on the internet low maintenance yeah that's, that's the next show You're we, welcome. we are definitely are <laughs> about integrity but the fact of the matter is is like we made those 10 episodes those are 100 percent us funded by us worked on by us no one can now take that away from us it's on there so we think this idea has got some legs that can go somewhere and, and we need to pay some bills because <laughs> we don't make that much money these yeah. days so. so the fact that we can explore this idea further even though we're satisfied with what we've done with it already sure but to explore this idea further and maybe like maybe this network will have wonderful notes for us and it'll be a great show or maybe it'll tank but who gives a shit we already have the 10 that we did on our own and now mama and papa can make some bills so we can make (laughs) the next thing that we release on our own terms on the online right so this network is basically the shower in bed while you guys are sleeping on the futon yeah, man. Sure. Yeah. Holy yeah, shit. You are a skillful storyteller. That was very skilled. That was very skilled. Making a circle yeah. on the goddamn yeah. thing. Goodness, Take man. it from the guys with the canceled TV show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Your TV show got canceled? Our TV show got canceled, like, what, three years ago? Five years ago, Five years ago. <laughs> what show? It was called Steven's Untitled Rock Show. Maybe that was why. Maybe it was Steven hosted it. It was on Fuse. Oh yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So hopefully the network you're talking to isn't Fuse. All right, it's not. Good. I don't think I'm um, running anything Fuse by is saying an that. for where we are. Ah, <laughs> Sufa. Shit. I got sort of a, a little start, not starstruck, but when I saw you, I was like, oh my god, it's a dude from High Maintenance. <laughs> Do you get recognized a lot on the street? Yeah, oh my god, hap- so much. Yeah, it's happening a lot now. I mean, I just I'm I don't really look like everyone else, <laughs> even though I do. And, uh, you got some crazy eyes. Yeah, I got crazy <laughs> eyes. A lot of this with this Reddit thing that happened yesterday, we got the Reddit effect, which was like a hundred thousand views, and now people are like really hitting it hard with the Malkovich talk. Yeah, They're a lot like, of people are like, "That that dude looks like yeah, John Malkovich." Yeah, a lot of Malkovich stuff. So They're wrong though. That's like when I get our Garfunkel. I'm like, that yeah. dude is like 50 years older than me. Yeah. Seriously? No, the, and what's the best one you get? Oh, I, multiple times. And recently, Malcolm Gladwell. And I was there oh. for that one. <laughs> like, blew what? my mind. Oh, my God. Yeah, dude. I'm going to say well, you're maybe. better looking, but 
I understand where the it's, comparison it's comes from. It's, 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 it's just a hair. It's just a hair. Man. And that's the... But I'm sure you get, like, I'm, sure, get? I'm sure you get, like, anyone with a beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. People are like, are you Harvey Firestein? <laughs> are you... People really? Are like, yeah. But, no. 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 <laughs> no. Circa Torch song. Yeah. But it's funny. I even got a text from my friend who's doing the show. He's like, I saw the guy from High Maintenance. He, like, had one leg rolled up and a bike. It was, like, just like the show or something. Oh, man. That is... Well, yeah, that's me. You know, I don't know. It's... That 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 character is very not far from me. No. That was the whole thing. We were... Yeah. I, I wanted to, like, I was getting annoyed as a casting director that Ben was, like, always just getting cast as, like, an angry guy who just would, like, yell at people and have crazy eyes and, like, or be a homeless guy or, you know, all these sorts of, like, undesirable characters. Like, no, I, I find Ben really appealing and, like, I like his just sort of natural way and... I was like, why can't you just be a character? Well, at first we were like, oh, he should be more like soft, I think. But I think that was just a reaction to us like being tired of you getting cast with all these I mean people. people I'm, I immediately think someone doesn't like me when I meet he them. He always thinks everyone doesn't yeah. like him. But that's not mm. true. And I sort of wanted to just like, just have a space where Ben was just like being Ben and like commenting on things the way that Ben does and ha- and like... That first episode we did, uh, the one with the, it's called Stevie and the girls on the phone getting texts from her boss the whole time and it ends with her, you know, throwing her phone. That's our sister-in-law and, um, and like the, the kind of dynamic that the two of them have is like kind of how it is, you know, like it's exaggerated, but, uh, I just, yeah, I think I'm glad that we started there because it was like, you got to be with like a family member and sort of be comfortable being yourself. And then like it worked and we're like, let's just keep doing this and you just keep being yourself you know i find it interesting that when in casting like you know it's like play against type which is rude Ugh, i hate that. and then casting it's nonsense itself is like the last bastion of like almost like racism sexism like 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 you can say i need a fat asian in a wheelchair send me all your people and an agent sends you um, all their skinny blondes, and then a middle of it, they'll have a fat Asian, and they send you know they send you like twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. it's really weird shots in that. And as a casting person, like one, you're doing your show, so you're reaching out to people you know and like, because you have a picture in your head. You're doing the creative. Like, how do you come up with how to? I guess spin that not in a positive way, but. I know it must be weird where you're like, ah, we need a black guy to play a gang member again. You oh know? sure, yeah. I mean, we so far have been lucky that I don't. I don't feel like it's been awkward yet for us because on uh, Thirty Rock that happened a lot. Where it was, where I felt a little weird being like, we need you know this person has to be Latino because they're the delivery person or you know things like that. Mm -hmm. I but I always like I rationalize it and I say this to like I teach those audition workshops and stuff and I tell actors who are sort of in that place where they're like they're still auditioning to get like the part of a delivery guy you know what i mean i always just say like i feel like when you're at the the stage where it's like those smaller roles it is going to be a lot of stereotypes because you have to think about it from a standpoint of like production or or even just like structure like that person's going to be on screen for like a second if you cast like some like i don't know blonde girl with a ponytail to be the delivery person for your like pizza 
I don't know. It just changes the story and it makes the viewer go like, oh, wait, what, what's that person doing here? And then there implies that there's more to the story and then there's not. And it's just like, I think it's just like the economy of storytelling and trying to keep things looking like life here in New York. Like uh, bodega owners are generally Korean families or Middle Eastern people, at least where I live. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Cab drivers are <laughs> African or they're older Irish blue collar guy. You know, it's just like Mormons, mostly white. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, you know, it's yeah. that's just like what you see around you. And like, yeah, there's exceptions to the rule. And I like to tell the stories that are exceptions to the rule. But like when you're casting stuff, like I just, yeah, it's, it is uncomfortable to be like, yeah, we need a black guy for the gang member or whatever. But it's like, yeah. Well, the story is about a gang and they're black. And yep. so I'm sorry, but there's, you have to cast accordingly. Mm-hmm. You there's know? just a tremendous amount of, uh, of of people having a lot of denial about how they look too. You know what I mean? In terms of like, for if you're doing a play and you go to school to become a theater actor, yeah, you can you can play whatever you want. Yeah, you're going to be like play, grandma in one play with a yeah, wig. Yeah, sure. And then... You know, we don't actually think we're there because we're all sitting together in a theater. But film is just, it's a different game. You can't look like what you aren't unless you have a really sick makeup crew or like that's what you're going for. You know, you just like the first image of you, it's just a collection of pictures. And if you don't look in the picture, what they look like, it's just like, there's no point in doing it. Still work that way? It's still headshots or it's at all, all online? Everything's online. I mean, people still have headshots that they give you in person a lot of times, but I find myself throwing them away a lot because I'm like, what am I, I going to do with this? You know, yeah, that's not uh, very environmental. I know, well, that's why I tell people to not give them to me <laughs> because I would prefer to not have to find a way to dispose of them and have the burden through, of responsibility. I remember going through all that with, uh, like I was trying to be an actor for years and you need uh, talent to do that. And so I was like, <laughs> just it, was, it took me a while to realize that I'm way better at watching. You uh-huh. know? And it, it was a nice place to be actually um, and learn that I'm, I'm much better at being me and doing television hosting stuff was a lot more fun for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love actors and respect where they, where they come from. I remember one guy telling me, he's like, in a room somewhere in America, people decide whether headshots are going to have borders or not. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. that's amazing to me. And then you start looking around like, son of a bitch, there are no borders this year. Mm-hmm. Like, How does that happen? It's just weird little, weird little tips. And now with, I wouldn't even know where to begin now. I feel like that my time totally passed because that was of the envelope days and send it to someone and, and put a post-it on pretend to be your own manager and now it's all got to be online and well how many people are, who's following you on twitter oh you have a facebook page mm-hmm. and your own private page and all that it must be crazy to navigate it's a lot to sift through for sure yeah. but i feel like you know they're like th- those like agents and managers out there exist for a reason and you know, you, there's like the ones who have good taste, who like are just brilliant at like finding those people and signing them and then presenting them to you. You know, um, I rely like pretty heavily on on the relationships I have with talent representatives who I think like have good taste, simpatico tastes, you know. Um, and then I'm just like always looking like I you are too. Like they're, you know, mm-hmm. it's even like I've I've sought people out after seeing them in a commercial because I thought they were interesting, you know? I think that's super cool how you remember people and like, I have this thing that I do. Yeah. you'd be great for. That's... Yeah, I enjoy that part so much. I love telling someone like, I have a part for you or like, I'm, we're writing a part for you or 
something like that. In, in the, the broadcast world, as they used to call it, instead of alternative in L.A., there were maybe 10 casting directors who did it. And there was a time where I knew all of them and they mm-hmm. were great. And it was the best part about that world is on camera hosts, you are so comfortable with the fact that you are really trying to fix the car. You know, it's like, can I fix this car for you? No? Okay, cool. Someone else will. And there's no competition. You could always spot an actor in a hosting audition because they were memorizing the copy, whereas all the hosts were like, dude, how are you? Holy shit, you got that gig? That's great. Well, because you're being yourself. You're being yourself. And that's the whole difference. And that's what I was going to say is like the actors who I think break through that barrier and like learn that like, oh, me being myself is actually what everyone wants to see. Oh, cool. Oh, and like when they figure out how that feels and like start coming into rooms and like even you give them uh, a script and they're still bringing themselves to it and like, you know, understanding that very basic but so hard to like, you know, do thing. uh, That's like when the magic happens for me. Like That's the hardest thing I think for actors to do, but it's the thing that will like ultimately propel them to the next level if they're any good or they're like a compelling personality you know it's people who are like who are playing a version of themselves i think and also half the gig is are you cool enough to hang with us for a week and yeah not be a dick yeah not man. be a weirdo just any, yeah just any human interaction it's like do i want to be around yes you? Yep. Yeah. and that's the part i think so many people forget and they come in and they're like you know, their hand is shaking and or they're like weirdly name dropping or doing all this like weird stuff and you're just like oh i'm not gonna send you to set like tina fey is gonna think i'm a loser if i like deliver you to you know what i mean like people don't realize that part of it the mm-hmm. equation you know just me be sending cool, you in cool. is now literally going to reflect on me yes. so don't fuck this up yeah. <laughs> yeah i should just put that sign on the door don't fuck, don't this, fuck up. this up that's a hilarious sign to put on a casting door don't fuck this up it might at least make a few people laugh. Oh my god, you've been like my favorite casting person ever. I mean, like, I love her. It'd be cool if you hid like little jam boxes throughout the room that just sit, like whispered, "Don't fuck this." Up. <laughs> just like, just so it's like in a plant or something like that. I think we're writing a new episode of Heimer. Yeah, maybe so. Uh, the the trippy episode. <laughs> yeah, I just think that. Yeah, that some sounds... Dennis Leary. Oh, never mind. Never mind. What was that? What's the network again? We can't say. Can't say it. <laughs> can't say it yet. That was nice, though. I almost told you. I, can't. I almost answered it, and I don't even know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Saw through my ruse. You were like, the WB. <laughs> it's this, yeah, that doesn't even exist anymore. I'm the UPN. It's on yeah, after UPN. the secret diary of Desmond Pfeiffer. <laughs> Triangle. Circle. Square. <laughs> UPN. Right? Yeah. <laughs> there were three shapes, you right? You have a good memory oh, for shapes. Gee, Jump out of the car. <laughs> Sometimes at UPN, they take your heart. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you guys so much. Yes, that was, this was hey. hilarious. And thank you for getting us all high. I, yeah. know, I feel high. Yeah, well, it's dark in here. See? See? Funny, right? And if you are an actor, I hope you learned some things about going in front of a casting director. I think you might have educational this is an educational program that's why it says explicit <laughs> if you dug what you hear check us out at goingofftrack.com there's a fun little button that says donate if you want to support us that's awesome if not that's awesome too thanks for listening we don't know whether you have or not uh go to facebook.com slash going off track if you want to send us a fun little message follow us at going off track we have all our own fun little twitter handles 
Jonah's on tour with the United Nations. Mike just moved. Brad's got a cold. Yuck. Yeah. I have a man cold. Yeah, you have a man cold. Look yep. it up on YouTube. Please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and after that, have some vitamin C. See you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.